Welcome. This is season three of The Daily Market, where we've decided to do something a little special. Earlier this year, startup junkie and marketplace master Ty Wolf-Jones, hey Ty, approached me and pitched us the idea of instead of interviewing founders and marketers, why don't we dive into the world of marketplaces, the VH1 behind the music of marketplaces, or what is the making of the sausage of a marketplace? Ty could bring the operations point of view, and I could bring the marketing point of view, and we could make some marketplace magic, or maybe a little more like Marketplace Mayhem. So join us for the series where we've spoken to over a dozen marketplace leaders and pioneers from Uber, Convoy, Bellhop, DoorDash, Rover, but also some rising stars and marketplaces from multiple countries, venture capitalists, and more. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Marketplace Mayhem listeners, who is Casey Sko? Casey Sko is head of communications and PR at Neighbor, a peer-to-peer storage marketplace, very interesting marketplace. Mind you, before Neighbor, he cut his teeth and built great career capital at Newskin as a PR manager that managed global reputation results. Now back to Neighbor. Over the course of four years, Neighbor has achieved rapid scale growth. For example, their commercial square footage on their platform grew nearly 25x before the pandemic. They received Series B funding of $53 million recently. They've expanded nationally to nearly every major city in the U.S. And honestly, they're just disrupting the $40 billion storage industry while creating passive income for Americans. Finally, Neighbor has gotten some pretty big accolades. They were named a world-changing idea by Fast Company, and they were a finalist in Eric Schmidt's American Dream Ideas Challenge as a company improving middle-class income. This conversation I thought was very educational. What do you think, Ty? Yeah, I thought this was super interesting, primarily because we were talking to a PR guy at an early stage startup, and that that isn't typical at all. And so it was really cool to be able to dig in as to why he was there, what value he was bringing to a startup this early in their path, and how particularly their strategy allowed them to leverage PR. So stay tuned. I think there's a, a lot of really cool nuggets to learn from here. Along with that, we dive deep into how these marketplaces are creating a different work from home opportunity, how to make money and leverage many of your current assets just as a work from home or as passive income or active income. Super interesting. Uh, A unique PR storytelling perspective. I already kind of touched on, but I think there's a lot there. Unlocking new sources of supply. And then, of course, this new low cost barrier that unlocks storage for every American. I just think this episode is really valuable for founders, early marketers, even early PR people for startups that want to do something different. These guys have really been able to leverage PR in a different way than most marketplaces um, because they didn't go to the city to city, region to region strategy that a lot of marketplaces do. They went national. How did they do that? Stay tuned um, and you can check that out. As always, you can like and subscribe. But ultimately, we'd love to hear from you. So leave us a comment as you learn their strategy. Tell us what you think of it. Tell us what you think of us. We'd love to hear from you. You can also find our show notes at our website, jacobkubica.com. 
Again, that's www.jakubica.com. I think you'll dig this one. Please enjoy. Thanks so too. On to Casey. Casey, welcome to Marketplace Mayhem. Thank you. It's good to be here. Thank you so much for inviting me, Jacob. It's great to have you. Let's uh, let the let the mayhem begin. Uh, so I thought we'd start off with a little bit about basketball. So Casey, we're we're wondering, can the Utah Jazz get it done and go all the way this year? This is Kyle Freeman. I hopefully it's okay to say his name. Asked me to ask you this. Ah, uh, good good question, Kyle. Good thought. Kyle and I worked together for for several a couple of years at, at our last jobs, and we had this great new debate skin. going on. Yeah, new skin. I think this could be the year. Uh, the Jazz. I don't know if your your listeners follow the NBA. They were the top of the NBA last year, and we just had some injuries, like a lot of people, that crippled us right there at the end. Mm-hmm. But I think the Jazz added the right pieces this offseason. Uh, some good quality acquisitions in Rudy Gay and and Eric. Um, I think that they could come out on top again, or at least you know have a fighting chance. I, I would be surprised if they don't make it to the Western Conference Finals, if not to the NBA Finals. They've they've got some good quality core pieces and they just added more to it. Uh, and I know there's a lot of teams that did that this off season, but and I'm, I'm being a bit of a homer, but uh, I'm okay with that. I am very <laughs> optimistic with the jazz season. It will be fun to watch either way. So there we I'm go. excited for the NBA season to really start. Here we go. What exactly uh, happened last season? Ooh, you know, there was, a breakdown in some offense f- execution. I think Mike Conley needs to be consistently healthy so that other people can play the roles that they're designed to play. Who is that uh, person? Mike Conley. Mm-hmm. He's the point guard for the Jazz. Okay. Um, but, you know, we, we have quality players like Rudy Gobert, who's a defensive beast, uh, two time, three time. Defensive Player of the Year now, and Donovan Mitchell, which is a rising All Star. So sounds like got all the pieces. Pack we, we got some yeah. good quality pieces, and, and those are just like the, the three main like superstars, the All Stars. And then you got um, we had Jordan Clarkson and Joe Ingles, who were both front runners for Six Man of the Year. Jordan Clarkson wow. ended up winning it, but. Uh, so that we have a good bench coming off now. And, and as long as the Jazz stay healthy, I think they are uh, hitting more threes than anyone else, taking more threes than anyone else, that's for sure. But uh, they're capitalizing on them too. So I think that they could have the potential to be like a, a Warriors run where they were just draining threes mm. left and right that no one could just keep up. Hmm, but I nice. think the Jazz have a better defense than the Warriors. So we'll see. It will be interesting. Um, there were some other good acquisitions by other teams that will make it intriguing to watch. But And you still have Brooklyn that's a, a kind of a powerhouse if they can stay healthy too. So hmm. at the end of the, end of the season, it's yeah. whoever's the healthiest, it seems yep. like, wins yep. it all. 
it's, right. it's an endurance endurance test, huh? Yeah, definitely. I, I grew up loving basketball. Space Jam saw that, and I was like, "I'm I'm going to be the next Michael Jordan." Uh, it, that 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 didn't happen. Um, but I and, and I should watch it more now. But uh, it's almost like tennis. Like I could just watch it voraciously. Like I'm just like, just give me more. Versus football, I'm just like, I've had enough after two hours. Yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably get tomatoes thrown at me for saying that. <laughs> no, I, I I get where you're coming from. Uh, you know. Football, I enjoy football, but when you look at the time frame, like it's a four-hour process for a football game, whereas yeah, you know the other sports are a little bit faster paced. So go go go! There's always action. Yeah, yeah football, exactly. Football's a good TV sport, right? Where there's commercials and breaks and yeah, it really times. Is. You know, basketball's yeah. always going. There's always it's always moving. You can't miss anything. You got to stay in the zone with them yeah fomo they've 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 got that fomo down uh casey i I noticed while researching you that you appreciate quotes uh and i ended up pulling some quotes that 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 i found online that speak to you and i actually ended up picking one of them i'm wondering if you could tell me why this particular quote speaks to you uh, a bit of a throwback, but it's it's a smooth sea never made a skillful sailor. Why why is this quote something that resonates with you? Oh man, you really did do your research to dig that <laughs> quote up. That that goes many years back. Uh, that particular quote resonates with me because it's like we all have stuff going on, and we can either let it beat us down, or we can take those situations, the challenges that we face, and let them mold us into a better individual, whether that be in our, you know, careers, our personal life, um, our mental health, our spiritual health, our physical health, whatever challenges we face. Um, we can either let it just slow us down or help us become an accelerator. So I, I, I love that mentality of just continual progress. Did you ever read that book, The Obstacles the Way? I haven't. It's on my list, though. I think I you're going to like I that love... book. I think you're really going to like that book. Uh, I will when I get to it. Um, <laughs> a lot of people have suggested it to me. It, it sounds right up my alley. So right. if your listeners haven't read it, tell them to go read that because it came highly recommended. Yeah, well, we'll include that in the, the show notes. I, I think you're going to like that. Ty, have you read that book? Not yet, no. I Casey, I think you're gonna like because it it's it's all about that the obstacle in front of you really is seeing is unlocked behind it whatever you're 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 pursuing and I like it's kind of like a it's a nice optimistic you can achieve anything perspective on things but it's actually at the same time it's very practical it's mm-hmm. it's it's not it's not very um not very foo foo I, I don't know wishy washy and like you can do anything. It's like, it's really, this is in some way a playbook and it's a very mm-hmm. principle-based playbook to, to go, go get it. And, and even when it gets tough to keep going and, and getting at it, you know? Yeah. I love that. I think, you know, those, those type of books that add practical value mm. are the books that resonate with me the most because I can take it and apply it. Cause I can't retain everything that I read, but mm-hmm. those core concepts, if I can pull something from it, I'll, I'll, Move it up in my list. How about that? Right now, I'm reading Zero to One. Oh, um, that's a great sort of book. Have you guys read that book? Yeah. Yeah. It's... Uh, 
I'm about four or five chapters in and I'm really liking it. I think it's yeah. going to be uh, one of my top 10 for, for business books. That's an, that's an espresso sized book. Like it's, I think it's 150 pages, right? But there's so much yeah. good stuff in there in the 10 chapters. Yeah. Yeah. I think neighbor is a great example of a zero to one. We're, we're trying to be, uh, you know, we're, we're taking this whole new concept, um, and, and doing something completely unique. I feel like, um, we're, we're taking concepts that were practical, but applying it to an industry that has never had this happen before. Yeah. As I was listening to interviews with, oh, I can't remember his first name, but his last name, Woodworth, the, the CEO and the founder, co-founder. Yeah. Joseph Woodbury. Joseph Woodbury. And he was, he was talking about the inception story of, uh, of neighbor and, and maybe you can recount it too. But as I was hearing it, I thought this sounds really similar to Airbnb. Like this might be an Airbnb kind of an opportunity, which is a big deal. Yeah. For those listeners who don't know about neighbor yet, uh, we are a startup. Uh, the concept is similar to Airbnb where we have hosts and we have renters and it's a peer to peer marketplace. Um, but that's really where the similarities end. Uh, it's, it's cool because neighbor, the whole concept came from one of our other co-founders. His name's Preston. He was going to do a job out of the country for the summer. And so he and his wife needed a place to store their stuff. And so they started looking at storage units, which everyone kind of does. And they found that the ones that were in their city were completely booked out or they cost hundreds of dollars. Mm. And they drove to the next city about 30 minutes away. And like, there's, there's got to be a better way for us to do this because mm -hmm. this, this place is also extremely expensive. Uh, and we don't want to pay that price for a, a dusty garage. Um, and one that's in this industrial park where it's like, who knows what happens over here. Uh, and so Preston actually had the idea to, to call up one of his neighbors and say, hey, can we just store our stuff in, in your garage for the summer? We'll pay you. Mm -hmm. And he went, did his job for the summer, came back. And he's like, I had so much more peace of mind because I knew it was at a safe place in a neighborhood that I was comfortable with. Um, there was someone always around watching it mm -hmm. and it saved him a ton of money. And so he got together with Joseph and Colton, the other two co-founders and neighbor was born from that. And they started doing some industry research and, and found out that this is a huge industry. Like Americans, 10% of Americans are, are renting out uh, some sort of storage space. Mm. Um, and we're, we're spending about $40 billion worth in this industry wow. and they're like there's neighbor will solve a lot of people's headaches with this um yeah you'll you'll have something closer to you uh and you'll be able to to find a place that's more customized to you and so it's like airbnb in the sense that uh we have hosts so ty if you mm -hmm. have an extra shed in your backyard or mm -hmm. you know a closet in your house you can put it up on our our marketplace, our platform, and then we'll help you connect to renters, individuals who are looking for that type of space. And so you you get an actually a really passive income uh, on a month month basis, and the renter saves money. And so, unlike other 
marketplace like Airbnb, uh, you have to invest a lot of money to have like a sort of a real estate right, in, right. In, in kind of like a destination location, right? Like no one's going yeah. to go visit Penguin, Utah. Uh, people yeah. probably have never heard of Penguin, Utah, but um, people out in Penguin, Utah need storage. And so yeah. this provides people, um, a lot more people, the opportunity to make a passive income because it's just unused space that you already have that you're capitalizing yeah. on. So awesome. that, that's kind of like the, the background and, and, and summary of, of Neighbor. Wait, how long ago was that that it started? Uh, it was founded in 2017. What did they do the first three years, two years? It seems like the big funding that happened this year which to put into the, into some numbers, uh, neighbor by numbers. So 10 million series a funding this year, 53 million it's in 50 States like that. There's, there's hosts and renters in 50 States. There's a 95% occupancy level. So therefore that means you all could be supply constrained as a needing more hosts. Um, there's things like RVs, vintage cards, clothes, designer furniture, boats that are being, peer-to-peer stored, right? And two of your biggest customers or or categories of customers is property management companies, large ones, maybe corporate ones, and small business owners. Um, I don't remember my first question, but I think think those stats alone are, it makes for a pretty interesting marketplace. Yeah, uh, it's definitely an exciting place to be a part of and and seeing the, the, ample opportunity that comes in the self-storage industry. A lot of people probably think that this is not a sexy industry and granted it's not a super sexy industry, but there's a variety of different type of hosts. There's residential, um, like any of us listening or talking on this podcast, but then you're right, there are commercial hosts like REITs, and then we also have small business owners who are, are utilizing our platform. And so again, like it, it really applies to anyone who has a new space. But to answer your first question you asked uh, was, what was Neighbor doing for the first few years? Uh, and really, it's a big part of it is creating the supply aspect. Um, like most marketplaces, you want people on your platform willing to use your platform to make a passive income or make it, you know, a supplemental income. And so a big part of that has been working on attracting more people to our platform and willing to share their space with other people who need their space uh, and then creating that awareness. So, and obviously there's a ton of other stuff that goes into that. There's our whole engineering team that's built up this marketplace from ground zero, right? Like it's, it's one thing to build a website, but then it's a whole another aspect to build a website that calculates pricing for a host. So they, so Jacob, you don't have to actually think about how much it would cost to to rent out the space. We would provide, you know, uh, suggested pricing, or you know, it's also different from landing pages. From what type of things you're wanting to have someone rent, or hmm. So Ty, if you have an extra space on the side of your house, you could rent that out to an RV and people are searching mm. for RVs. So there's right. a ton of different things that go into that. And so our engineering team is is top quality and it's exciting to see what they're building out and providing in, in a marketplace because there's a lot of different landing pages compared to your traditional website. 
That's great. Uh, and it sounds like, yeah, there could be some really interesting matching technology there in the middle of, of matching up that demand and, and the different types of supply. I want to switch over. We, we, we were talking about how to, we really want to take this from your perspective. I think you have a unique perspective because what are you doing for, for neighbor? Who, what's your role? So I, I lead out on the public relations and communications for the company. And are you the first one in that role for, for neighbor? Or one of the yep. first? Yeah. First one and other than the CEO who was leading right. out on that before. Very typical, right? And how long have you been with Neighbor? Coming up on three months now. So yeah, I'm, so I'm still you're, you're fresh, relatively but, new. Yeah, you jumped I'm into also this. Like one of the veterans now at the company. Of course, of, of course. Yeah. Startup time <laughs> is is a warp is a warp time frame for sure. Um, but that's what we wanted to talk a little bit about. Like you're a professional in this PR world. Um, you know, PR is always a, a decision to make for startups if and when and how and at what point do they get into PR and communications. And so, you know, when, when you know, Jacob and I were researching you and learning about your background, we really wanted to dig into this, you know, uh, why why did you choose Neighbor? Why did you choose to join a marketplace startup? Um, at this point in your career as the PR guy? Definitely. Uh, and it's a great question. First off, um, I would say for me, the reason why I joined Neighbor is because of it's such a unique story to tell um, from just a PR perspective. So we're going to take this from multiple perspectives and reasons. Yeah. Um, the first one is the PR perspective from a, a storytelling perspective. And it you look at we kind of touched on this a little bit, but you look at like Uber, DoorDash, uh, Airbnb, these type of marketplaces are or gigs that people are readily aware of, take a lot of effort and mm. could cost a lot of money to do. Like who honestly it, it it baffles me that Uber is such a big platform because who wants to go drive people around and sit in traffic all day? <laughs> I, it it blows my mind, but kudos to them for attracting people to that. But it takes a lot of effort, like Airbnb, like your your reward, your revenue that you earn on that platform is a lot, but there's a lot of effort that goes into that as well. Sure. Um, whereas Neighbor, it has all those benefits of like, say, one of those side hustles where you could do it on the side, but it's it's a real passive income for people. So when you rent out, you know, that shed in your backyard, the extra space on the house, your garage, whatever it is. Um, you just let that stuff sit there for the month and you collect a check from it. And we've had a lot of people who've made, you know, thousands of dollars on our platform just by taking five minutes to upload a picture to our platform and being willing to rent it out. And so it's a, a real passive income and it's a unique story to tell. And we're, we're trying to help people find a ways that they can, you know, continue to be the teacher at school. And not have to worry about making extra income because they have someone storing a RV on their property and, and making a thousand bucks a month. So that's yeah. one aspect of it. Another reason is that you look at marketplaces in general. And, and again, most people think like Airbnb is like one of the first ones that come to the mind, but there's a ton sure. of other marketplaces out there. There's Amazon is a marketplace, right? It's, yep. it's yep. a huge e-commerce marketplace. And Google is a marketplace for search engine. People go there and search things. Marketplaces are just this huge, huge industry. And to be part of one at such a young 
stage is such a unique opportunity. I'm, I'm truly grateful that I've been able to come to and be part of Neighbor at such an early stage and help form that story and, and be a part of something that I, I think, you know, has infinite possibilities. Um, nice. In the U.S., like we, we mentioned earlier, it's a $40 billion, just here in the U.S., $40 billion. Yeah, industry, yeah. And then you add in what the marketplace kind of brings into that and it has huge potential so that that's another aspect and then i love tech startups i love startups i love the ambition and the passion that a lot of people come with it and it's exciting to be where at neighbor we we have a lean team and everyone's going hard at it and it's exciting and you can just feel that energy going around and so it's a very exciting to be a part of yeah, I'd love to like explore a little bit about what you were talking about, the different types of marketplaces and 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 kind of uh, the unique position that neighbor is in. My mm-hmm. gut is that as as the new PR guy, you're digging in, right? You're trying to learn the pieces of this story that you're you're gonna help tell um and and and, and megaphone out there. It'd be really cool to 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 understand a bit of these nuances that you're starting to learn, or maybe you haven't learned yet, but you're sussing out and you're starting to dig into. What are you learning? What are you, what are you looking to learn next? And what are your biggest questions that you're, you're starting to dig into as the differences of, of neighbor and others? Yeah, that's a great question. I'm always trying to find the right data points to tell a compelling story. Uh, mm. And so there's a variety of different areas that we're looking at. Um, to help tell those stories you know one of them trying to think of an example for you guys one that we're about to to launch is a campaign around different types of marketplaces kind of going off of that and and what is the actual effort that you have to put in to be a successful at that marketplace um there was this uh, article this blog post by one of our investors called andreas and horitz and they talked about uh, a different type of working from home. I don't know if you guys have seen that article. Yeah. yeah um, but they listed a lot of different uh, marketplaces there. And they they listed from, you know, most passive to not passive at all. Yeah. And if you guys noticed right up at the top of, of an infographic on that was neighbor. And so we're just trying to dig into the story that, you know, what are the most passive ways for people to, uh, um, oh, yep, there it is, uh, uh, some, some extra income. Uh, because nice. I think one thing that marketplaces offer is, is a way for us to really, it, a lot of them empower individuals to capitalize on the time that they want to spend um, and, and how we use our time. So yeah. we're, we're providing people an opportunity. Uber's providing people an opportunity to say, sure, hey, if you sure. go drive, you can make, you know, 50 bucks tonight if yeah. you go spend a few extra minutes driving around. Hours. So, yeah, right. And to your point, like, n- never, you don't know what you're going to get into. Definitely a different level of effort than opening up your garage and letting someone throw some boxes in there, right? So, right. Um, you know, one of the big, I'll just throw one out that I've had, and you mentioned this a second ago mm-hmm. when you talked about a $40 billion a year market. You know, obviously investors, startup entrepreneurs, founders are always looking at TAM, right? Total addressable market. And you go out there and you say, well, this is this $40 billion a year spend that people are already doing. 
I'll be honest. I have this big question. I don't know if it's answerable. I don't know if you're starting to dig into it, but if you open up the types of supply, you change the supply game. The supply game is not a big warehouse sitting in the middle of, 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 a, of an industrial you know, area of town. Um, instead, it's a kind of space that fits your thing you need to store. Do you open up that TAM? Does that TAM conversation change drastically? 40 billion turns into 50, 60, 70 billion. Um, the 10% of Americans who are storing something turns into 15 and 20% of Americans. What, what, what do you think about that? How have you guys thought about that? Or have you thought about that? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously, we we have thought about that. And that's a great question, Ty, in, in thinking through all that. Because you don't want to just enter a market or an industry where it's like, you know your cap. You want to expand that opportunity. And that's how you're going to attract a lot of investors by saying, Hey, here's how high the ceiling is. We're going to lift that ceiling even higher. And so, you know, we have looked into that. Um, and again, people probably don't know this because it's not necessarily the most sexy industry, self-storage. Sure. But it has had a steady growth um, and it's been a pandemic proof. Um, wow. We've seen a lot of growth that came through the pandemic and it's, you know, a silver lining that came through like this massive storm and, and our heart are out for those who are dealing yeah. with COVID and the, the sure. effects of that. But neighbor has been able to help a lot of people and our company has been able to grow through that because unlike other marketplaces like Uber or even Airbnb, again, those are the yeah. ones that come to mind. So I'm always going to use them as an example because yeah. people can relate to them. But the whole like travel industry shut down. Yeah. And a lot of people did not travel for a bit. So Airbnb suffered quite a bit during that time before there was the resurgence where people trusted Airbnbs a little bit more than hotels. Mm. Um, and did kind of like these staycations at these different locations. Mm. Whereas neighbor, we saw consistent growth because um, people always need storage. And instead of going, you know, to Paris, people are only going to like, four blocks down and, and storing stuff at their neighbor's house. So we, we've seen a consistent growth on our platform, but also the industry has seen a consistent growth in, in that regard. And so, but to your point, like when you offer more customized opportunities for people to store, mm -hmm. more people will be like, oh, I have an RV. I don't want to pay, you know, $400 to go store it at some industrial park. I'd rather just... Mm -hmm you know, pay a hundred bucks and I can do that at my neighbor's house. I already know John Smith down the road. Why not, you know, help nice. him out and I get helped out. And so uh, it does in, in a lot of regards empower individuals to be able to not only save money and it opens up a variety of different customized options for what people need. And it's a month to month basis versus these long contracts that uh, your traditional units have. So it's, it's, empowering individuals because they can store what they need in the space that they need for the time that they need it. Hey, hey, wasn't that awesome? Hope you're enjoying it so far. Yeah, and you better get ready because we didn't end the conversation there. So stay tuned for part two of this striking conversation. More mayhem coming.